And now, for your feature presentation. One, or two, or three, or four, but five, or five. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Jason Kleberg, and you are listening to the Force 5 Podcast, a show that forces a guest to come up with a movie-themed top five list, and then we talk about our picks on air. Way back in my commuting days, I, like many, would listen to radio shows in the morning, and one of those personalities that I always found very funny was Arnie States. 20 years later, he's got a very successful daily independent radio show slash podcast, and he's carved out some time for the Force 5 tonight, because we're going to be talking five most overrated movies. I'm kind of looking forward to the angry comments about how we took your favorite films to task, but you know what my answer is going to be. Watch better movies. Probably some advice I could take to heart, as you'll find out in a second. It's time to talk about what I've been watching. The first thing I watched this week, why do I do this to myself? Why do I put myself through the torture 1989's Rush Week. The school newspaper assigns her the perfect story. Welcome to Rush Week! Rush Week begins with a traditional reception at each house. At BDB, it ends with... Friday Night Thursday! But instead, she uncovers a dark and sordid secret about three Tambors College women. It's rush week at Tambor's College, which means pledges are being hazed into fraternities and having bike races where people sit in bleachers and eat popcorn to see people ride by for less than five seconds. Unfortunately, rush week isn't good for the females at Tambor's because the women who pose nude for the school lunch guy are ending up dead. (laughs) Oh boy, in terms of being a low-budget slasher, this one checks most of the boxes with the exception of gore. There are a few topless women and a good decapitation, but the rest of the kills and the nudity are pretty tame. The story is something that you've seen a million times before. People are going missing, and there are plenty of cut-and-paste suspects, the weird-ass boyfriend, the jealous rival frat leader, the creepy photographer, an old guy who just shows up in the bushes a few times. Tony, our final girl in this one, she's heading up an investigation to find out who the killer is because she feels she hasn't been given a chance to be a real journalist. Although at one point we see what she's typing on the screen and uh, it's probably pretty clear as to why they didn't want her in the journalism program. She's kind of stupid. As the bodies and the red herrings stack up, she becomes the target for the edge of the axe. Again, stuff you've seen a million times before. We've got references to Nightmare on Elm Street and The Hills Have Eyes in here, so it's fully aware of the genre it's trying to weasel its way right into. Unfortunately, there aren't very many kills in the film. We only see three deaths. I think three deaths. Yeah, three. And they're not even characters that the audience has any attachment to. The look of the killer isn't interesting either. It's kind of lame. They're dressed in like this hooded cloak, kind of like Ghostface from Scream. They wear this bizarre mask that I think is supposed to be an old person's face, but isn't, and it's not scary at all. And they tote this long medieval axe that looks like it came right off the shelf of the local spirit Halloween store. The killer stalks their prey by walking calmly until their running victim eventually slips and falls ripe for the chopping. Unfortunately, the killer only goes after women, and this is a shame because everyone in the BDB fraternity is full of awful people, and I would have loved to see them get picked off one by one. 
they're like this, oh, we're the wild fraternity, and they just play pranks and just they're just complete dicks to people. And in one of the more despicable pranks, they trick a prostitute into having sex with an old man's corpse. The way that BDB is presented, it's like it's intended to be this real lovable Porky's pack of gents. They're just having fun. But they end up just looking like mean-spirited pricks. The whole love story aspect featuring the leader of these dumbasses who we're supposed to feel sorry for as a man who doesn't necessarily want to be the head of BDB so he can roast marshmallows and hack computers just did not work for me. The technical aspects of this film are also severely lacking. Once the killer stumbles upon a hapless fallen female, we get to see three to four cuts of the axe coming down before we abruptly switch to the next shot. No gore, no body. Nothing about the cinematography or scenery looks particularly memorable. The nicest thing I can say here is that the soundtrack was pretty decent. Rush week? More like just week. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, this is, oh boy. Uh, it's just, it's a weak entry into the slasher genre. Right as the craze was on its way out in the late 80s, it doesn't have enough kills or gore to satisfy fans of classics. If you love topless women, you're probably going to be uh, satiated here, but if you're here for the story or the deaths, I'll just save you an hour and a half. The minute we get the old pull the mask off Scooby-Doo moment, you'll be rolling your eyes because the killer is both exactly who you expected, and even though you knew it was coming, it doesn't make sense, and it's just plain stupid. That's Rush Week from 1989, which Vinegar Syndrome just put out on Blu-ray. The next thing I watched was something that I had seen maybe 20, 25 years ago and decided to finally go back and revisit because I wanted to watch the sequels, and that's Death Wish from 1974. This is Paul Kersey. This is the story of a man who decided to clean up the most violent town in the world. Listen to the real. Give me the money. He begins where all the super cops leave off. Bugging has gone down by how much, sir? Nine fifty a week to four seventy. You reported last week. You understand not so many people know that. And uh, you want to keep it that way, huh? Oh no, we have to keep it that way, Inspector. This whole city would explode. 1974, the streets of New York City, they're out of control. Three ragtag thugs break into Paul Kersey's home, they rape his daughter, they murder his wife, and the police are left with no suspects. Kersey, an architect, he decides that he's had enough, and he just starts capping every lowlife he comes in contact with, inspiring his city to start doing the same. So I'll start by saying Death Wish, it has a very disturbing rape and murder at the beginning of this film that even now is still hard to watch. It stars a very young and extremely goofy Jeff Goldblum, credited here as freak number one. He's like this hyperactive spaz who seems to be obsessed with the C-word and his gang of plain old evil punks. Charles Bronson plays Kersey. Now, I haven't seen a ton of Charles Bronson-led movies. I've seen movies like The Great Escape, like The Dirty Dozen, where he's a supporting character, but I hadn't seen a ton of, like, his-led movies. But I gotta tell you, not a great actor from what I see here in Death Wish. It feels like he had the range of a rusted wrench. I didn't believe his reaction for a second as the doctors told him that his wife was dead. The only time we see him smile in the whole film is at the beginning of the movie when he asks his wife a question on the beach. And from there, from that point, his range of emotion goes from 
someone who just looks like they're annoyed that the line at the grocery store is longer than usual, to the ever-infuriating, well, just got a jury duty summons. Originally, Jack Lemmon was approached for this role with Sidney Lumet directing, and that's a film that I would have liked to see. I think Lemmon would have brought an emotional core to the film that this movie severely lacked. One thing that did stand out is how dangerous New York City was portrayed. It wasn't as if Kersey went out searching for bad guys or lured them in like in the book. He just went walking around at night and bad guys came up to him. Like, everywhere. It felt like a video game. The subway, the city street alleyways didn't even matter. And the switchblade shop on the corner, well, they must have been out of stock because every single punk popped one out like it was second nature. I do like that Bronson didn't play around with these guys. It was shoot first, ask questions never. If you look like a bad dude, if you're doing bad shit, you're gonna get killed. Even wounded bad guys get popped while on the ground. Cursey was not messing around. Contrary to what Bronson or the filmmaker Michael Winner tried to claim, the film definitely embraces being a vigilante, a theme that does not mirror the books. Uh, I mean, it straight up tells us that cops love it, and the, the city, like, takes after him, but I didn't necessarily have a problem with this. While the initial inciting incident is very effective and unsettling, the ride afterwards just isn't particularly interesting. We get 10 minutes of setup, 10 minutes of Paul looking annoyed that his wife was killed and his daughter is, has been left in this catatonic state, and then we get an hour of him just gunning down random people. The ones who messed with his family are presumably still out there today, knocking cans off grocery store shelves. Needless to say, I did not love Death Wish. I think it's important because it was one of the first real, like, vent, like rape revenge vengeance movies that I can think of. I don't, I, I know it's not the first, but it's definitely one of the more well-known. So I appreciate that, but I didn't love it. Which brings me to the third film that I saw this week, the second in this series, Death Wish 2. See, in any sequel, you want things to be bigger, better, badder. Well, Death Wish 2 is certainly battered. It happened once before. Some muggers followed my wife and daughter home from the market. It's about to happen again. The police there got a very good description of the muggers, too. But it didn't do any good. We do what we can. And so does he. Is this your daughter, Mr. Kersey? Is that Carol? When murder and rape are the crimes, Bronson is the only punishment. Charles Bronson, Death Wish 2. Going in, I was thinking, Paul Kersey has one family member left, and she's catatonic, so they can't possibly torture that poor girl anymore. Unfortunately, I was wrong. See, Bronson lives at the end of Death Wish, not really a spoiler because there's five Death Wish movies, and then he hightails it off to Chicago. So naturally, Death Wish 2 opens up with him living in Los Angeles. See, Bronson's daughter is living in a rehabilitation center in LA, and he decides that he's going to take her out for a day in the sun so that she can meet his new love interest. While they're out, some punks steal his wallet, and he chases one down to maim him, but refrains from falling back into his old habit of just murdering bad guys, so he lets him go. But it probably would have been a good idea to kill him in this case, uh, because five thugs who stole his wallet, now they know where he lives, and they go and break into his house. Of course, this is a Death Wish movie, so they don't just break into his house, no. They rape his housekeeper. Uh, last time we had Jeff Goldblum, he was a rapist. This time Lawrence Fishburne gets his turn as the Death Wish rapist. 
It's a very long scene in which all five men get their turn with the housekeeper. It's very disturbing. And then they kill her. And then Paul and his daughter arrive home while they're still at his house. They knock him out and then they kidnap his daughter. His catatonic just, she's been through a lot at this point. And they just snag her. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I guess that's the plot, right? Him trying to get his kidnapped daughter back. But nope. Nope, nope, nope. They take her to a warehouse, rape her again, and after she's raped, she gets up, jumps out of a window, and kills herself by impaling herself on a wrought iron fence. This is within the first 10 minutes of this movie starting. The rest of the movie is Bronson showing zero emotion and just trying to kill everyone involved. There's also a ridiculous side story about the cop from the first film who encouraged Kersey's behavior and let him slip away who comes to Los Angeles to quietly take care of him for some reason. Like, L.A. can't take care of it on their own, so they call New York, and they're like, hey, we know you dealt with a vigilante, and they, they like, send that cop to L.A. to kill Charles Bronson. Like, it just makes zero sense. It's so stupid. I will say this about Death Wish 2. It has one of the most badass lines in the history of cinema as Kersey faces one of the rapists. You believe in Jesus? Well, you're going to meet him. Now, I feel like I am just on a train to disappointment because there are three more of these movies. Like, what else can happen to Paul Kersey? Either he gets raped or he remarries into a big family and they all get murdered. I mean, at some point, Paul Kersey has to wonder, is this something that I'm doing? Is this something that I'm bringing upon people? Jesus Christ. Oh, Death Wish 2. That was a tough one. You know what else is tough? Picking the right Mother's Day gift. Yes, it's time for our sponsor today. Flowers? No. Flowers die too quickly. Chocolates? Come on, she's never going to eat them anyway. C's? How are C's candy stores still in business? No offense to C's, but seriously, who's buying C's? Subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club? Now there's a thought, but hear me out. Moms have been stuck in the house for close to a year now. Over a year now. They're getting vaccinated, and they want to go out. And where do moms want to go? Applebee's? Two for 20? Get out of here. Moms want to move around. Moms want to dance. A samba tapas place? Hell no. Pick one thing and do it right. What moms really want to do this Mother's Day is go to a jazz club. But not just any jazz club. They want to go to Seb's. Seb's is the place in Los Angeles if you want chicken, drinks, and authentic jazz. The owner, Sebastian, who you may have seen playing keys for the jazz fusion band The Messengers, will even dedicate a song to you if you tell him that the Force 5 podcast sent you. So take your mom on a nice evening out to Seb's, or get her a gift card so she can take the love of her life. Here's a little warning though, if your mom goes there on a date, you're probably going to be getting a new baby brother or sister because that's just how smooth Seb's jazz is. And now, back to the show. This is the Force 5 Podcast, and joining me tonight from Texas, we've got the man, the myth, the legend, Arnie States. You've probably heard him on national radio for years um, he's been on tons of shows, and now he's the host of the Arnie States show, The Ass, every yes. weekday morning yes. on Mixler from 7 to 10. How's it going, Arnie? 
It's good, man. I, I tried to get, I thought about getting like ass.com for my website. <laughs> sure, it was taken. And then I realized, I, no, well, it was for sale. It was oh. like $4,000. And I could afford it at that time. But I thought to myself, well, I want to get played in offices. And you know how they have, if, if you get ass.com, you're not going to get in the offices. So I was like, yeah, I'll just go with the Arnie State show. Oh, man. You could still buy it and get the redirect. So it goes to Arnie States, just goes right to ass.com, man. (laughs) Oh, that's good stuff. That is good stuff right there. Uh, What's going on, buddy? It's funny. I first talked to you, and there's no way you'll ever remember this, but I first talked to you at like 2001 on one of your shows. Totally remember. Totally remember. One of our live shows? It was, I called in. I called in for something. And I couldn't even tell you what. (laughs) No. And I couldn't even tell you what the topic was, but. I just thought it was so funny that here we are like 20 years later and now you're on my show. That's pretty awesome. I know. That's cool. See, I take that as I inspired other broadcasters. Hell yeah, you did. I'm sure you still do every single day. Hey, that's my job, man. It's my job to get people to work and make people laugh. So I enjoy my job. So aside from the the show on Mixler, like tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, like maybe uh, some other things that you got going on, a little about your history. Well, let's see. I, I worked in radio. If you, if you don't know who I am, I mean, what the hell? Where you been? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've been doing, I've been broadcasting now for almost 30 years and I'm turning 50. I turned 50 in September and I've been broadcasting for 30 of those years. Man. It's a long time. So uh, I started off as an intern, worked my way up to the morning show, syndicated. I'm in the Nevada Broadcasting Hall of Fame. We were named, uh, we beat out one one year in R&R, and I love bragging about this. Uh, R&R is like the trade magazine for radio. It's radio and recording. We were named Morning Show of the Year. Wow. We beat Howard. We beat Man Cow. We beat Opie and Anthony. It, it was it was one of the best moments I ever had. And I don't, I don't get all gussied at awards, but it was cool to finally be recognized like that. By, by somebody other, and there's nothing wrong with the SAC News and Review or any of those, but to be recognized by your peers in the media, it's, it's pretty fantastic, and, and I felt great about that. And now, I, I, you know, I, I'm doing this podcasting, and I love it because it's, I'm so much more free to do the podcast than I was ever in radio. Yeah. And it inspired me to start doing stand-up comedy. And I'm working on something special for September. You and I will keep in touch. And I'll let you know about that because I might be coming back to the West Coast. But I don't want to say anything. Awesome. I, I can't say anything yet. <laughs> yeah. And, and then there's a, a project that I'm working on that is top secret that I can't talk about. And then there's a TV show that I'm writing called Cock of the Block, which is about... Do you ever see the HBO show Oz? Yeah, yeah, the prison show. Yeah. So this is this this came to me one day on the air. This is the greatest thing about broadcasting, <laughs> is that every once in a while you get inspired. And I did this story about uh, a cockfighting ring in Arkansas that was broken up, and they brought all the roosters to the prison because they didn't have any place to house them. So I came up with an idea to do a TV show called Cock of the Block, and it's a prison show, but it's all roosters inside. <laughs> And like it's every stereotype in the world, like the the leader of the 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 uh, the brother the uh, what is it? the poultry brotherhood. His name is Popeye. He's a big black rooster. <laughs> and then we have we have the the leader of the Aryan roosters. His name is Salad because there's nothing whiter than chicken sh- salad. And he's completely shaved, and he has WMP tattooed on his chest, and it stands for White Meat Power. Wow. 
So I, I've got what we have. We have two seasons of that written. I have an entire season of the Adventures of Captain Hill ability, which is a, a tattoo I have on my arm. He has super redneck abilities. He can breathe underwater. He's faster than NASCAR, <laughs> and he has deep fried vision. So I, I mean. That's the thing is that that I love being this creative, and, and now that I'm back home in Texas, and today it, it's funny that we're doing the show. Today is my 24th uh, year of sobriety. Today, March. Oh, congratulations! Birthday. Thank you. And I, I mean, my brain has never been clear. And man, I tell you, life is great. Good stuff, man. I'm glad to hear that. I know we're going to be talking about some overrated films today, but mm-hmm. what are some of your favorite movies of all time? Uh, it's cool that I'm doing the show because if you, you come to my house here in Texas, you're invited, by the way, uh, <laughs> you walk in my entryway, and I have like 15 movie posters up there. Oh, and sweet. And the other wall is called uh, is covered with vinyl records. Oh, that's and awesome. Not, I, didn't, I didn't just go to some shitty you know vinyl shop. I mean, Van Halen 1's on there, Billy Idol's Rebel Yell, Purple Rain is on there, I got Elvis, I got one from Sun Records. It, it, it's cool. So I do love movies, and my all-time favorite movie is the second movie I ever saw in a theater. It's Smokey and the Bandit. Okay. Um, yeah. It's the perfect movie. And then number two is Urban Cowboy because, well, that's just perfect. <laughs> and then from there, you know, I, I'm super excited about Top Gun 2. I mean, I'm beside myself for that movie. I, I've been waiting for that for two damn years. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for that one, too. I'm excited. Oh, man. But, yeah, like, uh, re- have you been to any movies recently? No, man. Last time I saw a movie was over a year ago for Invisible Man. That's right, dude. Here in California. <laughs> yeah, nothing's close. open I'm here. Uh, I live in, I live in Texas where I just saw the the if you get a chance to see the new Bob Odenkirk movie, uh Nobody, dude, I think it's better than John Wick and even possibly better than the first Equalizer movie. It's all And then I saw King Kong and Godzilla. <laughs> and you don't go into that movie expecting anything. If you're a monster movie fan, like I, I grew up going to this little shitty movie theater in Garland. It was called the Walnut Twin. And my parents would drop me off there on a Saturday. And I'd go and we'd watch King Kong and Godzilla movies all the time. So I, I love old monster. I don't expect anything out of that. People want to go, oh, that was stupid CGI. I'm like, it's a fucking monster movie, idiots. <laughs> it's like people who got mad at Jurassic Park. Man, the dinosaurs are extinct. Yeah, loser. You know, I, I. But see, then I get caught. Sometimes I say, "Oh, that could never happen." And then people are like, "Jurassic Park." I'm like, "Ah, fuck you." So yeah. Well, you should know what you're getting into if you're walking into a Godzilla versus Kong exactly. movie. It's monsters punching think, each other. I don't think Meryl Streep's walking through there anytime soon to, yeah. to deliver an award-winning soliloquy to the beasts. <laughs> the humans are only there so they don't have to spend as much on CGI. Exactly. And by the way, have you ever noticed it in, that, in, in those movies? They always have shitty actors. It's somebody you've never seen. Like when they, <laughs> brought, when they brought Godzilla back, I was looking at the actor and I'm like, wait a second, that's a dude from the Kick-Ass franchise. I'm like, wait a second, that guy's not superstar, but I'm like, wow, he accepted Godzilla? Shit. Yeah, they don't need to see him on screen anyway. They're just there to waste time for the next exactly. monster battle. Or die. One of the two. Yeah, probably both. Probably mm-hmm. both in those movies. Uh, well, man, I know that you like movies because on your shows, you've always talked about movies. I think you got a great topic today. Lots to talk about. We're going to be talking five most overrated movies. Mm-hmm. Any, any particular reason why you chose the topic? I always do lists on my show, too. I, I'll end up either doing a Mount Rushmore or a Top 10 or something like that. And I always do best in and then worst. 
I've never done the most overrated movies, and I've wanted to, and I thought this is the perfect place to do it. So the most overrated movies, because I'm tired of hearing people talk about how great these movies are, because they're <laughs> not. Yeah, I've uh, I've got some interesting ones on my list that are, okay. some are like uh, overrated by critics, and some are overrated from the time that they came out. Yep. Oh, my number one has been overrated for the last, I, I want to say, 45 years. Ooh, I wonder if we're going to be, uh, I wonder if we're going to land on a similar one. I, I don't know. We'll see. You don't know <laughs> mine and I don't know yours, so I'm excited to see. I, I'm excited to see if you pick a movie that I like and I'm going to get pissed off. Oh, I hope that happens. Makes for, <laughs> makes for a good show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Arnie, let's get to the list. You know what's going to happen? Five most overrated movies. Is your list in any kind of order, or are you just going to kind of oh, shoot from the I have from five down to one. Oh, I've, I've spent some time on this. Okay, so I you really... I sure, and, and I have an explanation for each one. Good stuff. I do as well. I, I'm not I'm not one of these shitty guests that will go, <laughs> oh, my top, uh, the worst movies are Bridesmaids, this, 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 and this, and then that's it. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm going to give you an explanation and tell you why you should never see these movies. I figured you'd bring it. I figured you'd bring it. Oh, it's brought. All right, Arnie States, let's get to your number five on your list of five most overrated movies of all time. What do you got? All right, number five. And I'm only including the first one because that's all I saw. Because it oh, it was so overrated and I thought it was so stupid. And I'm talking about the original Hunger Games. Oh, this almost made my list. Welcome, welcome. The time has come to select one courageous young man and woman for the honor of representing District 12 in the 74th annual Hunger Games. It's your first year, Prim. Your name's only been in there once. They're not gonna pick you. The Hunger Games is the stupidest movie. First of all, Jennifer Lawrence. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Look, I, I know I'm going to piss off some people here. I'm tired of chick action movies. You know why? Because I don't buy it. I do not buy that, that Jennifer Lawrence could ever kick my ass, let alone defeat ninjas. And her buddy, her damn buddy, was just throwing sacks of flour. That's his superpower. <laughs> She was like a, a ripped-off Marvel character of Hawkeye, one of the shittiest in the whole Marvel catalog, because she can shoot a bow and arrow? Come on! <laughs> Terrible film. I was so bored by the first Hunger Games, and oh. I remember getting dragged to the second one because uh, my wife and I went along with another couple that wanted to see it, and we really didn't want to see it. That's the worst. You know, I figured, well, the second one, bigger. It's supposed to be bigger. It's supposed to be better, and it was just more boring. Who was the, who's the other chick, like the, the evil chick in that movie? Uh, uh, Elizabeth. Chick, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, Elizabeth Banks. Super hot, and they made her look like a damn clown. Put her in a <laughs> bikini the whole movie. I'll go see every damn one of them. I think the only good part about the Hunger Games series is Stanley Tucci, who I love in everything. Yeah, he's great. That dude's solid. But all in all, Hunger Games, big wet fart for me. I agree with you there. Uh, if you want to see a good movie that along the, the same lines or the same theme as Hunger Games, go watch the Battle Royale movies. Those are awesome. Okay. All right. Cool. What's your number five, sir? 
My number five is one that was extremely hyped up back when I saw it in theaters, and I haven't seen it since 1999, but I still remember my feeling after seeing it my, as I walked out thinking, that was it? And that's the Blair Witch Project. The search of the three missing Montgomery College students continues in Frederick County tonight. Ten days and thousands of man hours have been unable to produce any clues. We have a few leads, um, a few other options we want to take advantage of and just try to put together some, uh, some pieces to this puzzle. Do you believe the occult may be involved in the disappearance of your son? Bravo! Uh, do you remember the hype around this movie when it came out? Dude, I went, I was living in Sacramento at the time, and I heard about this, and I'm not the world's biggest horror guy, but they were doing a showing at the Tower Theater, which is a great movie theater, at midnight. And I was like, oh, I gotta go. Dude, that movie sucked. Yeah. I still don't know what it, it was that person dead under the ground? Oh, spoiler alert, the person's like <laughs> hanging down there. That movie sucked. So this this thing, if you weren't around in 99, or you don't remember the hype from 99, it was like... People are walking out of this movie because it's so scary and it was real. Like they thought it was real because it was a found footage movie and you didn't have the internet back then widespread to jump online and like discuss it with your fellow nerds. And I just, I remember being so bored from watching essentially what's three people wandering through the woods for an hour and a half. The the found footage wasn't even, it was way too jumpy and it was dizzy. That's why people were walking out. They were throwing up. Most likely, yeah. And I, I mean, God damn, I can't play like video games that have motion because I get motion sickness because I'm old. That movie was horrible. And they made a part two. They did, yeah. And Yeah, I didn't see that one, so. Oh, I didn't either. Again, just like The Hunger Games for you, this is the only one I, I saw and the only one I want to see. The camera was so shaky that there was scene, there were scenes that were supposed to be scary, but you couldn't even tell what you were supposed to be looking at. No, it was awful. It was terrible. That That's a great pick. That is a, I, I'm surprised I left that off my list. Great pick. The only thing I remember about it is the ending, which is just a person staring into the corner. And uh, I give it credit for bringing found footage films back, but man, like that's at least show bad. us the witch, you know? Yeah, we didn't even see exactly. the witch. Just entertain me. Entertain me. $8 for this shit? <laughs> God damn. Show me the witch. <laughs> That's my number five. What do you got at number four? Uh, my number four. Now, I've only seen a few of these. And now, let me put a, 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 a preface in there. I've only seen more than one of these because it was my job. I used to have to review movies for the show that I was on. So I've seen like four of these. But I'm including <laughs> okay. the entire series of The Fast and the Furious. He did the stare and drive on you, didn't he? He got that from me. What's his deal? I got a problem with authority. You just need to chill out. You ready for this? Come on, man. Guns, murderers, and crooked cops. I was made for this, bro. Now we get to argue a little bit. Oh, uh, dog <laughs> shit. Dog shit. Hey, I'm going to go out and buy a Ferrari. Go fuck your damn CRX that you souped up. Who's going to get more ass? I am. Not your CRX. Jesus. Tell, tell, tell me, me why you hate it, Vin Vin and I'll tell you why I like it. Vin Diesel is a horrible actor. Paul Walker was an overrated actor. Ludacris is an overrated rapper. Tyree, <laughs> the only good thing he ever did was Baby Boy. And everybody else, it, look, The Rock, 
Thank God they brought Jason Statham to try to save that franchise. It's still dog shit. And by the way, it's about to get worse because I, I'm going to tell you, there is a new worst actor out there. <laughs> I know who you're going to say. His name is John Cena. He was a dog shit wrestler who I called Wahlberg right to his face, and I thought he was going to kill me at a wrestling match. Uh, but yeah, Fast and the Furious, come on, man. Now, why do you like it? I agree with you up until number five. And then number five, they took it into a, the realm of like, let's lean into the batshit craziness of everything. I think number five is pretty entertaining. Number six is okay. Did, did it have cars in it? <laughs> That's the one. You know what? You, you'll remember. It's the one where they have that really ridiculous scene where they pull the safe through the streets of Miami. Oh, the really ridiculous scene <laughs> in that movie. Not the one where The Rock gets his family of, of Samoans <laughs> and Roman Reigns to swing a Jeep. Now that and movie. He's hanging on with a chain. I agree with really? you. That movie was terrible. That movie was terrible. Tear awful films. But I gotta say, five, six, and I they all kind of blend together, but maybe seven, entertaining. Five for all sure. Right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Hey, hey, teach now. Look, this is just my opinion. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course. All right, you're number four, sir. All right, my number four. Uh, I'm gonna go with a Marvel movie here. I know this is gonna piss some people off, but Black Panther from 2018. Now what do you want? I want the throne. <laughs> hey, you, the tuna. <laughs> Y'all sitting up here comfortable. Must feel good. It's about two billion people all over the world that looks like us, but their lives are a lot harder. Wakanda has the tools to liberate them all. And what tools are those? Vibranium, your weapons. Our weapons will not be used to wage war on the world. Well, let me just, I, you know what I'm doing right now? <laughs> I am standing up and applauding your testicles of stone for actually saying something bad about that movie. Uh, and it, it wow. is kind of one of those movies that's critic proof, but I'm going to tell you why. And I, I don't want to diminish the importance of it for people because I do think that, you know, it's, it's definitely the most well-known movie to feature a black superhero, although it's not sure. the first. It, the thing made over a billion dollars. That being said, uh, if you watch it with a fresh set of eyes and you try to disregard like factors outside, it's a mid-tier Marvel movie with heroes that are just really not that interesting. And it's a bad thing about your movie if the villain's tale is way more interesting than the heroes, especially when yeah. we don't see that villain for like Good 45 call. minutes. Good call. And I got to say, like, the CGI in the movie is terrible. There were scenes that look like I could have done it with a green screen in my Mac. Just just bad. It's not like without redeeming factors. I think that Michael B. Jordan is awesome in it, but it's yeah. just it's not as good as people made it out to be. I think it belongs in with, like, the Thor 2s and the, the Iron Man 3s, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Iron Man 3. It was, that's the one with Mickey Rourke, right? That was number two. Okay, anything Mickey Rourke touches now outside of the wrestler, dog shit. Now, let me. what do you think they're going to do with Black Panther now? That's a great question, and I, I don't know because they're not going to recast him. So, What would you, okay, if you're the director, what do you do? If I'm the director, I scrap that movie altogether, uh, and you address his death in one of the Avengers movies. But I, what, I guess, what I'm guessing is going to happen is that his sister's going to take over the mantle, and they'll... They'll maybe start off with the funeral for him and then get into her story. 
I, I, I think you're right about that. And I think that's kind of the logical way they want to go. And now we have an African-American female superhero now to inspire the youth. So I, I yeah. think they're definitely going that way. Totally. I agree with you. It would not surprise me at all. On to your number three, Arnie States. My number three. It's only the first one, and this movie pissed me off so much that I vowed never to see the other two parts. The movie is like 16 hours long, and I was <laughs> going with a girl. I went with a girl who wanted to see it, and I thought I was going to get some ass. I didn't. I didn't get ass. I got bored, and I didn't know that it was to be continued, and I'm talking about the goddamn Lord of the Rings. Legend tells of a ring created by an ancient evil that gave its wearer the power to enslave the world. Believed lost for centuries, it has now been found. Oh, I hate that movie with every fiber of my being. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And everybody won every Academy Award. I'm like, it didn't end. There's usually a big, a beginning, a middle, and the end. And there was no end to be continued. Oh, I was livid. I was livid at the end of that movie. So yes, hate Lord of the Rings. So needless to say, you haven't seen the extended versions, which are like five hours long. No, <laughs> I haven't watched that, that Zack Snyder cut of DC yet either. I'm not, no, those movies are too long. God, oh, no. If I had uh, if I had seen this recently, it might have made my list too because I've only also I've also only seen the first one and it didn't grab me enough to uh, to watch the other two. No, I uh, here, I, here I'll just say it. I wasn't a nerd growing up, so sorry. If you're the world's biggest Lord of the Rings, uh, great. Like they said in Clerks Two, the only good part in Clerks Two. Do not ever compare that to the Holy Trilogy of Star Wars. <laughs> don't don't even try. And I ain't talking about. One, two, three. I'm talking about four, five, six. The heart of the trilogy. All right. All right. My number three is from a filmmaking duo that I fucking love. They're some of my favorite. They made some of my favorite movies of all time. But this one is not it. And I don't know if I just don't get it or I, I, I just don't understand what I'm missing. And that's 1998's The Big Lebowski. Are you employed, Mr. Lebowski? Well, wait, wait let, me, let me explain something to you. Um... I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Uh, Are you employed, sir? Employed? <laughs> you don't go out looking for a job dressed like that, do you? On a weekday? Is this a... What day is this? Okay. All right. Uh, you know what? I have to agree with you on that one, too. And man, it's got a great cast. It's made it by the does. Coen brothers. You know, they've made Fargo, which is one of my favorite films of all time. Uh, Raising Arizona. Like, they have sure. some classics. And if you look at this thing on paper, it's a movie that I should love. It's a mistaken identity, like crime tale with great cast. But for all that magic that the other two films gave me, this one just kind of fell short for me. I thought Jeff Bridges as the dude, he just wasn't that interesting as this slacker who like bowls and drinks white Russians. And John Goodman was good as Walter, but kind of annoying over the course of an hour and a half. And I watched it recently just to make sure that like, maybe I watched it in a, in the wrong mindset the first time around. And it just felt like a bunch of 
quirks, like personified quirks stumbling around in a very low stakes plot that just made me bored. And I, I was reading about it online. Somebody said it's like the realistic version of Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> yeah, like without I mean, the comedy. Uh, I, I remember when I saw it because everybody was hyping it up. And I mean, they have conventions. I, I have tried to watch that movie so many times. And I think the main turnoff is anytime uh, Julianne Moore gets naked on screen, it, it just turns me, it, it makes me want to puke. Julianne Moore is good. She should have never been in Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights would have won every Academy Award if they would have gotten somebody hot to play that role instead of Julianne Moore. I, 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 do, not, uh, I, I do not abide by the dude. How about that? How about we just leave it with that? Because that I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. Well, I'm glad to hear I'm not alone on that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, this is refreshing to me as well because I thought, I was like, you know, I'm a pretty funny guy and I get, I get comedy. And I was like, I don't get this one. I don't get it. I mean, the most interesting character in that movie for me was John Turturro. And oh, he yeah. the Jesus. And then I saw that. Have you have you seen the Jesus movie? No, I've never had a need to, to go check that out. Well, I, I saw it. It was on, like, On Demand. And Any good? I should have known better because <laughs> Pete Davidson was in it. And I knew I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. And, yes, it's terrible. Stay away. I, uh, I could have guessed that for sure. I, I actually think my favorite person in there was... Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. He was great in there. But man, it just fell short for me. Yeah, awful. All right, what's your number two? All right, my number two. I remember talking about the making of this movie when I was on the air doing mornings, just two of us in Reno. And I had this mindset. And I have not seen, I did not see this movie all the way through until about three years ago. And I thought to myself, why are they making this? Because we all know the ending. Number two is Titanic. Step up. Now hold on to the railing. Keep your eyes closed, don't pee. I'm not. Step up onto the rail. Hold on. Hold on. Keep your eyes closed. <laughs> Do you trust me? I trust you. We all know the fucking boat sinks. You got some chubby bitch who's holding on to a, a, a door while her the love of her life drowns in bitter cold-ass water. And then she goes back and throws that necklace back in when she's like a thousand. Oh, I, oh God, that movie is so damn stupid. When it won the Academy Award, I'm like, the boat sank. We are, It's not new. We've known it since the day it sank. Oh, I hate that movie so much. Jesus criminy. I remember seeing this in theaters. It felt like as an action movie fan, like you, you wait two and a half hours to see a 10 minute scene that's awesome. And then it's just back to, you know, hanging wait, out with these that, people. Is that deemed an action movie? No, no, no. It's okay, definitely not. Okay. But as an action movie fan, that was the part that you see in the commercials, this boat capsizing and just carnage everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then you go into the movie and it's three and a half hours long. You know, you wait two and a half hours for that 10 minute explosion right. scene yeah. of it falling into the water. And then it's uh, it's over. And that door scene has just never made sense to me. That door was that's a big ass door. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could both fit on that door. that door. And then he could have held on, but no. No, she wouldn't move her fat ass over. <laughs> Should have just been like half a door or something. 
My number two is a beloved movie from 1994, and that's Forrest Gump. Hello. My name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. Do you want a chocolate? I could eat about a million and a half of these. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. No, oh, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you besmirch the good name of Forrest Gump? I don't actually hate Forrest Gump. I think Forrest Gump is a fine movie. Jenny, don't touch me there when I'm pooping. <laughs> and and if mean? Forrest Gump was on TV, I'd probably watch it. Uh-huh. And, it and I wouldn't complain, but it came out in 1994 and it won Best Picture. It won six yeah. Oscars. Okay. It beat out Pulp Fiction. Right. Which is better than Forrest Gump. It beat out The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. yeah which is yeah. better. It beat out The Lion King, which I would even say is better. No, 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 no. You're wrong about that, weirdo. <laughs> A debate for two. another day. I mean, the first two, you're, you're sitting there and like Pulp Fiction, I'm like, hey, it's one of my favorites. Okay. Okay. What about Hoop Dreams? It beat out Hoop Dreams. Okay, I'm fine with that. That's a goddamn I, I, great documentary. Wait, wait, wasn't Marky Mark in Hoop Dreams? Hoop Dreams. Oh, it's, a do- it's a documentary? Yeah, Hoop Dreams I, is a documentary. nominated for Best Motion Picture. It's a documentary. It beat it for editing. Oh, editing. Oh, okay. Oh, well, oops. fuck me, editing. Well, listen to me. You got Hoop, like, fucking Hoop Dreams had 25, 40, 100 hours of footage. Like, Forrest Gump, come on. And it beat Pulp Fiction for editing? Like the movie that people look to now as, uh, you know, the the citizen, Kane, the modern citizen Kane of like how a story goes back and forth in time. Yeah, I know. I mean, but see, we weren't ready for that yet. I, I guess when not. I, when, when a friend, of, I didn't see Pulp Fiction the first weekend it came out. And usually I have a rule. If I don't see it when it first comes out, I'm going to have to wait. But everybody told me, go see it, go see it, go see it. It was like Departed. I didn't see Departed when it first came out. Great movie, by the way. Yeah. And... Uh, they told me, whatever you do, don't get up during Pulp Fiction. You have to pay attention. And I was like, okay. And when I walked out of that theater, I was blown away. I was like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah. But Forrest Gump is just such a feel-good movie. I it mean, is a feel-good movie. It except is. Except for the fact that Jenny is nothing but a trailer park whore. <laughs> well, I was going to say. Yeah, that's my one complaint about it. Here she is, living it up around the world, getting the hiv. And then coming back, running back to Daddy Forrest to take care of everything. Yeah, it, it, it's presented as a feel-good movie. But mm-hmm. we're watching this. Like, we, we want to feel like Forrest Gump is this innocent soul. But as the viewer, you just see this sap getting pushed around, getting manipulated yeah. until he just fucking falls right into the old great American dream. And it just yeah. didn't hold any weight for me. And think, like, on the theme of manipulation, Forrest Gump is a highly manipulative film and it just has these grand ideas that seem really half-baked. You just stick them in these historical situations. I think that the uh, the visual effects are really cool for the time and I, I agree with that winning best, best visual effects, but mm-hmm. I think it's so overrated in terms of what it beat in 1994 for best picture. Yeah. Yeah, look, that that's where that that's where you got me there. It's like, yeah, I I, I love Force. When I saw it, I I remember I was on a trip. I was living in Reno, and I came back to Texas, and I saw it with my best friend. And I, I loved the movie. I remember walking out of the theater, and there's a huge line of people, and I was like, I can't believe they killed Forrest Gump. You know, just to <laughs> fuck with people because I'm an asshole. And uh, but I, I thought it was great. But 
I get. And look, here's the best part. The best part about Forrest Gump is the soundtrack, too. Oh, it's got a great soundtrack, argue. for sure. Soundtrack is fantastic. So, yeah, I, I, I get it. I, I, I'll give you that one. I'll give you. Okay. My number one, I hate this movie because I sat down, like, uh, about a year ago to find out really what was the hype. Because I'd always come into this movie, like, in, in parts. I'd never seen it from the jump. Okay. Mainly because I'm a guy. And this movie has so many future stars. Emilio Estevez, Rob Lowe, Tom Cruise, God rest his soul, Patrick Swayze, Matt Dillon. The movie is The Outsiders. Essie Hetton's classic novel comes to the screen, capturing all the intensity, all the excitement, all the emotions of youth. The Outsiders, directed by Francis Coppola. That movie, so, do you know why that movie is popular? I, 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 I came up with it in my head. The movie is popular, especially in my genre of age groups, because that's the first time girls ever got wet. <laughs> they went to that theater and they saw that 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 beefcake on the screen and they got a little dewy there for the first time and they said this movie is fantastic. I mean, look, I can't put Dirty Dancing on my list because I'm a guy. I mean, I'll, every guy should hate Dirty Dancing. The Outsiders, though, I had male friends going, "Oh, that movie was cool." I'm like, "You are you, no, I hate The Outsiders. Oh, I, the, the, I absolutely just drivel." The Sochas and, and the whatever they were. The Greasers and the Sochas. There's never going to be. And it was filmed in Oklahoma, for God's sake. <laughs> Jesus. You know why Texas doesn't fall into the Gulf of Mexico, right? Because Tell me Oklahoma why. Oklahoma sucks. That's why. <laughs> Damn movie. Now, now I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep tonight because I'm so worked up about talking about that crap. When I watch it, I'm sitting there going, I don't get this. This is terrible. Oh, no. Ralph Macchio. How old was Ralph Macchio when that movie came out? Like 36? My God. Oh, I hate that movie. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Well, you know what? See it. I dare you. I dare you to watch The Outsiders and then call me and say that was a good movie. <laughs> Maybe I'll come on uh, I'll come on to your show and tell you what yeah, I thought about do. it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like it has an awesome cast. In all early in their career, 1983, Tom Cruise has still got fucked up teeth. I mean, wow. it, like you look at the cast, you're like, see Thomas Howell's in it. Okay. You're like, oh my god, this, this this movie has everybody that's about to be a star, and then uh, it's a big old turd right in the middle of the carpet. Man, all right, well, I'll I'll give it a shot, and I'll I'll write up a review, and we'll see if we line up on that one. Please do. My number one is one that won, uh, well, was nominated for seven Academy Awards. And it won one for Best Director. And I just have never understood how this movie was so well received because I think it's honestly one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And I seem like the only one that thinks that. From 1967, The Graduate. For God's sake, Mrs. Robinson. Here we are. You got me into your house. You give me a drink. You put on music. Now you start opening up your personal life to me and tell me your husband won't be home for hours. So? Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Wow. Okay, with uh, with uh, Dustin Hoffman. Oh, no, wait. Is he in it? Yeah. Yeah, it's Dustin Hoffman. Yep. Have you seen this one? Well, uh, no, I don't think. Is this the one where he's uh, seduced by an older woman? Sure is. Yep. Okay, so I, I know I've never seen it all the way through, but I'm, I'm sitting there going, 
What older woman is going to seduce Dustin Hoffman? Well, that's one of the that's one of the things, right? Dustin Hoffman is first off, he's not a great looking guy to begin with. No, he I, and I you know a movie that almost made my list, and I, I walked out of this movie. I'll, I'll never forget was uh, which uh, the the one with him and Tom Cruise. Oh, Rain Man. Oh, fucking hate that movie. That movie is so goddamn dumb. I, I mean, I but Dustin Hoffman is a tremendous actor, but he's ugly. He's he is a great actor, but he's also it's not only the fact that he's not good looking, he's 30 years old, he's, he's trying to play a 21-year-old, and he has the charisma of a wooden plank in this movie. It's He's supposed to be this college psych graduate who just doesn't have a plan for his future. Now you watch it, it's even worse, because it has this like social message of, if you stalk a person for long enough, they'll eventually come around. Awesome. And, and he is just... like Watching this dude as his character Benjamin... He is the most annoying, fucking rude Napoleon Dynamite, but totally without comedy. He's a lazy whiner, and then he's a codependent, and then he's just a creepy as fuck stalker. There's a love story in there between the... So this older woman seduces him, and then he ends up dating her daughter. And the love story with the daughter is like the least believable love story you would ever imagine. Like they go on one date that isn't even a good date, and then it's like, oh, we're in love. Literally, the only thing I liked about it was the soundtrack, which is just like Forrest Gump, great soundtrack. It's like yeah. a Sar- Simon and Garfunkel soundtrack, which has some oh. great songs. Yeah, oh, I, I, I've never seen it. You've saved me from ever going, you know what, I'm going to sit down and watch The Graduate. I, I'm, I'm never going to do that because it's I just horrible. can't buy Dustin Hoffman as a, as a fucking pussy slayer. Like that. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, That'd be like saying that Gary Coleman slayed a lot of pussy. It's not going <laughs> to fucking happen, dude. Any uh, any movies that uh, that almost made your list, but you had to take off? Uh, Rain Man was in there. Le- le- legitimately, it was in there. Um, I hate remakes. Uh, I-, I I won't ever consider seeing Footloose uh, ever the the new one because yeah. the original was bad enough on its own. But it, it you know it's it's a part. At of least it, it had it, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, it was it was okay, but it was cheesy. But the new one, no. You know what? I, I will say this right now. If I if there was a chance that I could have put this on my list and I would have thought about it, and that was the Jaden Smith Karate Kid movie. Oh. Because first of all, the Karate Kid is about a Japanese guy teaching somebody karate. Yeah. Okay? Karate Kid. Now, it's in China, and they're teaching him Kung Fu. It ain't even the Karate Kid. <laughs> How can you call it the Karate Kid? When he's doing Kung Fu, he even corrects his mom in that movie. Tisha Campbell's in that. And Jaden Smith goes, Mom, it's not karate, it's Kung Fu. I saw it on TV and I yelled at the screen. I yell at my TV more than anything else in the world. (laughs) And I said, it's not karate. You can't have Karate Kid without karate. Should have called it the Kung Fu Kid. Exactly. Call it something else. Don't try to steal from the magic that was parts one and two and a little bit of three, but not much of three. And now Cobra Kai has reinvented, and it's fantastic. I still need to watch that. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen Cobra Kai? No, and I, I need to. It's My wife and I were just talking about it, being on you the short list of shit we need Cobra to watch. You haven't seen Cobra Kai? Uh, guilty. Guilty oh as charged. God. When it came out, I sat down in my apartment in Reno and watched every episode, back to back. I, I, only, I was like, I'll watch the first one. And I was blown away. Because if you think about it, Johnny was the one who was bullied. 
not Daniel. Think about it. Johnny and, and, and the, the love of my movie life, Elizabeth Shue, had just broken up. And Johnny's trying to stay with her. And here comes this punk ass from New Jersey sneaking in there to try to get his girl. <laughs> and he sucker punches Johnny first. He threw the first punch. Johnny then retaliates by whooping his candy ass. Then they're at the dance. Johnny's just trying to smoke a J in the toilet. And what does Daniel do? He dumps water on him. Well, you got another ass whooping coming until Mr. Miyagi comes and does all that bullshit. daniel son is a punk. Cobra Kai for life, baby. <laughs> I, now you got me pumped to watch it. I might put that shit on tonight. You should. I, I mean, honestly, like, like I, I, I don't get blown away a lot, and every season has gotten better. Like, like every season, it, it, that's hard for a show to do. You know that. And it's like, wow. I'm like, oh my god. Like, I cannot wait for season four. All right. Well, Cobra Kai. Moving to the top of my my watch. Well, what stack. about the boys? Have you watched Amazon's The Boys? Oh yeah, I love The Boys. Okay. Okay. Good. Thank God. Yeah. Okay. Boys was great. That was fantastic. That was really really good. I only had a couple that that would have made my list if I had more room. Zootopia from Disney, which won the uh, Academy Award over Moana, which it just shouldn't have. Okay. And uh, the Boondock Saints, I think, is. Shut like, your fucking hole. <laughs> people love it, and I have You're it. Goddamn right. I own oh, it. No. How do you not like the Boondock Saints? You know, it's something about it just feels like it tries a little bit too hard, and the uh, the the plot just doesn't make sense to me. Like these guys just wake up, and all of a sudden they wanna. They want to be vigilantes. Like, there's no explanation. They just wake up They're and they do Irish. it. It's, a, it's an alcohol <laughs> thing. I mean, have you seen part two? Uh, I saw part two. I actually own part two and uh, did two. not like, did not like. And, and you know what the worst part is, is they left it wide open. And I still check online to see what's the update for Boondock Saints 3. No, it'll probably I mean, never they, get made. No, it, it, it's probably not. It, it, but I, I, I love the first one. The first, to me, it, this is what it is. It's about the cheesiest action movie you can make. It really is. And you got shitty guys doing shitty Boston accents. And, <laughs> and I, I, I love the movie. I, to me, everybody says, well, Arnie, you don't really have a Texas accent. And now I have it back, of course. I love the Boston accent. The Boston accent is my favorite accent. Yeah, I like that, it too. That in, in, in English Chicks. Man, oh man, if you give me a hot English chick accent, woo, my Siri speaks English. You know, nice. like, like I, I have that. But, oh, I, I love movies that are based in Boston. Uh, one of the best ones, I'll tell you this right now. It, have you seen The Accountant with Ben Affleck? Yeah, I thought that was surprisingly good. Ben Affleck, if he plays a guy from Boston who also has autism and is a hitman, he will win an Academy Award. Wasn't that The Accountant? No, he wasn't from Boston. <laughs> If he would have had a Southie accent, I might, I might have just given it a standing ovation in the theater. Oh man, I tell you what. And by the way, let, let, let me just get this out to your listeners. Don't applaud movie theaters. Oh don't, yeah, agreed. That's one of my pet peeves. They can't hear you. They can't hear you. God, oh my, that pisses me off. Hate I always it. yell out, they can't hear you. I mean, it's stupid. Like, it, uh, I mean, I could go through so much movie theater etiquette with you. It's, it's unbelievable how much I get pissed off at movie theaters. Well, Arnie, you came with a solid list. Thanks. I feel like both of our lists are going to uh, make people laugh and also infuriate people, which is probably the goal. 
oh, when yeah. it comes all, to all the ladies, every every woman that listens to your show. I, I'm telling you right now, your wife's gonna listen to this and she's gonna hate my guts because I <laughs> I pissed on the outsiders. Just telling you that right now. Get ready. I don't think my wife's ever seen the outsiders, but when we'll I watch see. it, we'll she's see. gonna watch with me. And she's gonna go. He doesn't know what he was talking about. That guy's a redneck <laughs> from Texas. Well, we mentioned the uh, the the ass show, the Arnie States show, the ass at the beginning of the uh, of the show. Plug it real quick. Like, why should people tune in from seven to eleven every weekday at uh, ArnieRadio.com? Jason, you do a great job. You you are you are a, a great broadcaster, in my opinion. You don't fumble all over yourself. You come prepared, and that's appreciate what people that. Don't understand about podcasts. And when I tell them I'm doing a podcast, people look at me sideways. To me, I am taking on the establishment of radio. I am bringing radio level talent to the podcast airs and things like that because i think people on the way to work deserve to be entertained without limitations you know either going to work coming home listening to it if if they give me the honor to listen to them it's my job to make them laugh and i made people laugh for 20 almost 25 years on terrestrial radio by not cursing yeah and I, I don't need cursing, but it's a great tool. That would be like telling a barber not to use the electric razor. Just use your scissors all the time. You can get the job done with your scissors, which you can. But, man, having that, that razor in there, which is curse words for me, just makes the job that much easier and that much better. So I'm on uh, West Coast time from 7 to 11 a.m. live, Monday through Friday. You go to ArnieRadio.com, all one word. Uh, you can listen live every morning for free, just like radio. But if you don't, if you can't listen live, then it's two dollars and ninety nine cents a month, and there are over eight hundred shows available for you to choose from. I think I did the math the other day. I think I have like fifty seven weeks worth of broadcasting. Jesus, like you could sit down, or I, no, it's not. I think it's five straight months. Like, if you listen to my show, if you listen to episode one through the show I did today, you will have not moved in five months. So, yeah. So, I, I, I love doing the show. I have, uh, now that I've moved back to Texas, my home state, uh, my best friend Tommy, he comes in and he does the show about once a week with me, and we have a great time. And I talk about everything, whether it's politics, and I try to go down the middle. I, I try not to lean one. It. And a lot of times, a lot of people say, well, you're, you're so conservative. I am conservative, but I will call conservatives out on their bullshit. Uh, Mitch McConnell, I, call, I refer to him as Bitch McConnell because that's <laughs> all he is. He's a bitch. I, I hate politics, but we have to talk about it. I'll talk sports. Uh, today, I, I broke down on the show because last night, Baylor won the national championship, which yep. is a fucking seventh sign of the apocalypse that Baylor wins anything. And, and so I, I talk about all that kind of stuff. And I, I help people. I have the Ask Arnie segment. You know, if you're going through stuff, and I have mail, all that kind of stuff. So it, it, it's a fun way to start your day. And no censor. Yeah, it's like uh, Larry David says on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, add a fuck, double your laughs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it's true. And people can call into the show. I have a message board. And this is the old school radio guy in me. I, I do the show live every day. And I have four hours worth of content every single day for the show. Uh, I have a mixer board where people can write. And the old school radio guy got scared early on because nobody was calling. But I was getting messages after messages. And then I thought to myself, wait a second. 
people don't have to pick up their phone. I want them to, and they're they're welcome to call. They don't have to wait on hold. They don't get a busy signal. They can get their point across, and I'm going to read it. So it's a back and forth I have with listeners, and we have some real interesting conversations. So there you go. That's that's why people should listen. If you're tired of bullshit radio in the morning, come to ArnieRadio.com. Give it a listen, and if you like what you hear, support the man. It's three bucks. Three yeah, bucks. It. Three that's bucks it. The other way you can support Arnie is by uh, just paying attention to what's coming next, because like Arnie said, he's got some comedy stuff in the works, got some TV stuff in the works, and other special projects that we can't really talk about yet. So keep an eye open and support those when they come out. And, and by the way, you can catch me everywhere. You Not only do I have ArnieRadio.com, I'm on Instagram under, I believe, Arnie State Show, uh, TikTok, which I just started, and now I, I feel like a 14-year-old girl because I'm addicted to it. Of course, I've got the Arnie State Show on Facebook. So if you want to know what's going on with the show, just go to one of those places or come to the website. You know what's not overrated? This podcast. Listeners, if you want to be a guest on this show, the only requirements that you love movies and want to talk about them. So put together some interesting top five list topics and head to the website, force5podcast.com, which has a show request form and other Force 5 related stuff. Make sure to rate and review the Force 5 podcast on your favorite podcast platform and follow the Force 5 podcast on Instagram and Twitter so you can tell me which picks we missed. Intro and outro bumpers come courtesy of Nate Spears. The top five list bumper was produced by me with music from Audio Binger. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane, and uh, watch some movies that are actually good.